Liebe. Das Buch der Poesie. Die Bibel. Doch rein tut sie sich nie. The message, the topic is the poetry of the Bible. And I made a decision to, to preach a little bit from a different angle about the Bible. And poetry means to speak about emotion, about the heart. And I want to just start with an example. Can you imagine you are falling in love and you have a date, a date. So date, a date, date, a date, a date. She is sitting there or a guy sitting there. You can do it with emotion or you can do this like Technically correct. Okay. I'm doing a technically correct dating story. You say, you're so beautiful. The height of your body is exactly 165 centimeters. Your blue eyes in shade of the Pantone 652Z have a perfect distance of 11.5 centimeters. Your length of your hair, which blows so beautiful in the wind, is exactly 37 centimeters long. You have quite large, clear, visible sexual characteristics, which always catches my eyes. What do you think about that? Your emotions, social skills are breathtaking. A whole 67% over the average. What do you think about technically making the person hot? Do you like it? No. Only Swiss people will like that. <laughs> but now let's go into poetry, poetic. Poetic could be like this. Poetic it starts with sound. Oh, my beloved. How did it come to be? that I fell in love with thee. Your eyes have captured me from the first moment I saw thee. Your beauty is like a lil in the breeze. Such beautiful almost makes my sight cease. Your smile makes my heart beating higher. Oh, all days I desire. What about that? It's better? Yeah. And the poetry Bible verses has exactly this angle. It touches your emotion. It touches your heart. In Spanish we say, corazón de melón. It touches straight your heart. Uh, poetry, it's not about technically right things. It's more about emotions from God. There are four different uh, stories in the Bible. Stories, two-thirds of the Bibles are written in a story form. We have poetry, prophetic Bible verses, and also letters. Poetry just means, I googled that in the Bible, poetry means composition, work of art. And I want to read one poetry Bible verse. There are two things which you have to know. Poetry is about heart and also about parallelism in the Bible. You repeat something until you get the message. Always from another angle, other angle, other angle, until you get the message. 
Psalm 139, verse 5 and 6. You have closed me in from behind and also in the front. Behind and in the front. And you have laid your hands upon me. All you know is so great for me, it's too much for me to understand. Here, behind me, for me, above me, under me, from all the sides. This is typical Hebrew thinking. You repeat something until you get the message. In Germany, we'll say, God is with you every second. Punkt. But in Hebrew, he's behind you. Wow. He's in front of you. Wow. Above you. Wow. Under you. Wow. With other words, he's with you. Punkt. Every second. This is poetry, Bible verses. The first point is God speaks to your heart through poetry. There are five, five classicals poetry books. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and maybe this will, might surprise you, the book of Job. The book of Job, on the first and second chapter, and the last chapter is about his life. Between all the conversations the friends had and how God spoke, is in a poetry style of, of words. Very, very heart-beating, touching in your life. I want to tell this very, very simple. Can you imagine if maybe you have a friendship and the friendship falls apart, or you're losing a job, or you're losing just something. When your small group leader is saying to you, if you're losing something, Trust Jesus. Because when one door is locked, God will open a new door. And the new door, the new opportunity is even better than the old door. This is like Joel Austin, you know. Uh, it's always better than the new thing. These just words. And words go straight to your brain, right? But if you take in the poetry style, you combine this with a song, it's the same thing, different. If you're losing something... I want to prove it to you. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You give and take away. You give and take away. This is poetry. If you sing the same truth, go straight to your heart, right? If you just say to you, trust Jesus. If one door is locked, God opens another one. It's very hard for you to get it. But in terms of a song, go straight to your heart. You know, poetry, it's so, so many times in the Bible. For example, when God said to Mary, you will bring birth, you will bring Jesus on, on, on planet earth on birth. She song, wrote a song about that fact. You know why? When she was working on the field, see, she sung the song, I am the mother, I am chosen from God, I am anointed, I am blessed. See, she sung the song. It's like poetry style. When Moses in the Old Testament, they, they fought the battle and they won the battle, God said to Moses, Write a song for the whole nation. And when you gather, just sing the truth. Sing the victory together. In other words, poetry, sing with a song you will never, ever forget in your life. Like when Martin Luther, the German guy, translated the Bible from Hebrew into German. He had a problem because the most people, they were not able to read the Bible. The most people, they were not able, able to write, actually. And he wrote the German version in a poetry style. Because when people worked on the field, they sang the Bible verse to each other. 
I want to prove it to you like in the German version. Like the John chapter 3 verse 6 in a very well-known Bible verse. Martin Luther translated, So sehr hat Gott die Welt geliebt. Da dam, da dam, bam, 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 bam. It's like a rap. Ba, ba, bam, ba, bam, 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 bam. And people song the Bible verse on the field. It's like a poetry rapping style. When you sing the truth of God, you will never ever forget what God has said to you. Now, I want to go into an amazing Bible verse. Because there's so many unique Bible verses in the Bible. But this one is amazing. In Psalm 1, uh, Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23, verse 29 to 35. Who has who? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needles, bruises? It's just a question. This is like an opening of to whom is God talking? Now goes on a little bit deeper. Who has bloodshot eyes? Who? Maybe uh, the preacher at the fight with another preacher, or maybe you have a fight with the dog. It's a question. Now comes the revelation. Who? Those who linger over wine. Who got the sample blows of mixed wine? This is Hebrew thinking. From the wine to the bottle, from the bottle to the tongue. Now goes only a bit deeper. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly like a smoothie. In the end, it beats like a snake and it pisses like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind will imagine confusing things. This is typical Hebrew things. The eye and the mind, they're seeing things. A German will say, you are so drunk. That's hard, right? But this is like a very funny way to say, you are very drunk. The next goes on. You will be like one sleeping in, on the high seas, lying on the top of the rigging. With other words, <laughs> You're walking like this. Oh my, look, this guy is so drunk. He cannot even walk here. This is embarrassing, my gosh. But here, this is poetry style, like rigging like this. You are really way beyond with wine. Goes on. They hit me, you will say, but I am not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. With other words, this guy is a hangover. And now comes the last verse. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? Here comes a question mark. Why is in a Jewish thinking a question mark? This is poetry style. You will say in Germany, the Germans say, stop drinking. The Swiss people say, oh, drinking, it's not healthy for you. In America, there are five reasons why drinking is not good for your body. The five P's, S, F, whatever. But the Hebrew ends with a question mark. And now I want to I tell you something very biblical, theologically deep. The Hebrew thinking people, they're starting telling a story. They're telling around the bush, just like a circle. 
Jesus talked like a circle. Because here in this text, when you speak about drinking alcohol, you will think, okay, now the chapter, next chapter, and the next chapter, God will speak about alcohol, about how we can uh, be, uh, be stronger than alcohol, five tips, seven tips. And when this topic is over, he starts a new topic. In Hebrew thinking, you start a topic, jump to the next topic, the next topic, boom, 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 like a popcorn machine. Jesus spoke in Sermon on the Mount about money, about sex, about prayer, about church, about honesty, about many, many topics. He jumped from verse to verse. But then the second round, this Hebrew thinking, goes deeper. It's like circling things. It circles you until you're like, uh oh, I, 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 I get the message. You, you want to ask me, that I should stop drinking? This is what, what you want to say to me? God says, well, I'm glad that you're not stupid. And that's his Hebrew thinking. You're circling one thing for so long until the persons get the message and you come to a conclusion by yourself. It's not good that I drink too much. And that's his Hebrew thinking. Poetry style goes straight to your heart. And this is like for us Swiss people and German people like, oh, it's very strange. <laughs> we like to come to the point. Like in the Hebrew thinking, it's like this. If a Hebrew guy asks you, what is one plus one? I would say two, because I'm smart. A Hebrew guy will never give the answer. If you ask him, what is one plus one? You say, mm-hmm. I have another question to you. What is three plus five? With other words, I know the answer, but do you know my answer? This is Hebrew thinking. Do you get it? I hope so. Point number two. Painting the images of the text before your inner eyes as visible as possible. And now comes a very important thing. The poetry Bible verses in the Bible, they are so extreme. Almost the same thing like James Bond movie, all the actions, they are unreal. If you are honest, they're unreal. Yeah. And there are some Bible verses, God explaining things so big, way beyond imagination. I want to prove it to you. In Psalms chapter 74, verse 13. It was you, you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. For those who sing, but we have to take the Bible, everything serious, everything serious. What are you doing with this Bible text here? My question is, are there really monsters in the lake, in the sea? Like the Loch Ness monster? You know the Loch Ness? Nessie? You know this? this, this? Nobody ever has seen it. They, they think they've seen it. I, I want to prove it to you. It was actually an elephant. With a mask. You know, why, why is a monster? Should they believe there are monsters in the sea and the monsters have many, many different heads? And can a monster fly with five, six heads? Can a monster swim with many heads? And when one head is looking where all the other heads are looking, and should I believe that because it's in the Bible? We have to understand in the ancient time, the Jewish people and the people at that time, they believed in every sea, in every ocean, there's a monster. But nobody ever has seen the monster. 
But they believe that when you're going out of the boat, it's dangerous because somewhere around the corner, there is the monster. And God is saying to them, if you really believe in a monster, you're funny people. You have never seen actually the monster. I going searching for so long the sea, every edge, every corner. I look for so long until I found the monster and I kill the monster. What is the point with this poetry Bible verse? It's not about the monster. The question, the point is what God is making is, what is your monster in your life? What is your problem? What is your issue, your obstacles in your life? And I will search for so long until I found the reason and I smash the monster in your life. With other words, God is saying, I am bigger than your circumstances. Even when you are afraid about things, they are not real, but you're still afraid. I will search for so long until I found the issue and I kill it because I am your God. You don't understand what I mean? It's like drawing a dramatic picture way beyond reality just to prove to us I am under control. I want to read another Bible verse in Psalm chapter 18, verse 21 to 30. You, Lord, keep my... I know here, verse 2, this one. The Lord is my rock. We know this Bible verse, right? My fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock, and I'm whom take refuge, my shield, and to horn of my salvation, my strongholds. The Lord is my rock. Here David was on the run. Here is King Saul and 1,000 of his soldiers. David is alone in the desert and 1,000 people. And David is saying, Who? In the desert, there is a rock. Jesus is my rock. I can look down and you're looking so small. 1,000 small soldiers because I'm standing on the rock. And the rock is Jesus Christ. Do you get it? Oh my goodness. You are after me. That's very sad for you. Because in the desert, there is no building. But there is a refuge. I can hide. Come on, guys. This is my shield, my shield, my shield. This is my refuge, refuge. There is no window, no door, no roof. It's closed. Surround me 360 from all over. I am, I am so sure. I'm so secure. I like my refuge. I like it. And now ask David. Uh, have you seen Saul and the 1,000 soldiers? They're not here anymore. And this is poetry, Bible verse in the desert where everything is flat. I found, oh my goodness. I'm happy that I lost weight the last three weeks. <laughs> it's so flat in the desert. I was there in Israel. It's flat. It's... And he said, Jesus, my rock. And where can you find in the desert a refuge? And this is poetry style with other words. When you're facing a situation where you have no chance, where you're lost, God is saying, I'm your mountain, your rock. Rock is stable, stands forever. I'm the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega. And I can protect you even from your biggest enemy. This is like 
poetry style to explain us how big our God in heaven is. Uh, in verse 18, 29, and 13, when all the Saul and the people left, he said, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. You see, lamp burning, darkness and light. With your help, I can advance against a drop. With my God, I can scale a wall. And I love this other verse. In other words, God is stronger than your circumstances. God will find the monster in your life and smash it for you. I want to close with the last Bible verse point. Come to God with your feelings. And for this last point, you have to listen very, very carefully because this is a very, very deep, deep point tonight. Because I realized that half of the Psalms, half of the Psalms are Psalms of lamentation or Psalms of vengeance. That means I have enemies in my life and half of the Psalms, David pours out his heart to God. Have you ever written the, the Psalms? They are sometimes way beyond be nice. David says, God, kill my enemy. Destroy my enemy. Curse my enemy with sickness. I want to walk in the blood of my sickness that I cannot even not walk through because there's so much blood around me. What a nice Bible verses. They are theologically not so correct. And now comes the question, why is half of the Psalms, their theology not so correct in the Bible? Who is the word of God? Because poetry, Bible verse has one message. I want to read it before in Psalms 58, verse 6 to 10. Are you ready? This is a, a brutal Bible verse. Break the teeth in their mouth. Oh, God, Lord. Tear out the fungi of those lions. Let them vanish like a water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their, let their arrows fall short. Maybe like a slug that melts away, it is moves along. Like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. Before the pots, you can feel the heat of the thorns. Whether they be green or dry, the wicked will be swept away. The righteous will be glad when they are avenged, when they dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. What an amazing Bible verse. For Monday morning. Woo, God, cool. This is poetry Bible verses. Why is half of the Psalms Bible verses like that? And I want to make your point. In, all, in so many churches, we have written books about praise and worship. We have written books about spiritual warfare. We find only one Bible verse and we can write books about one Bible verse. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> we have written books about the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer and the different prayer styles. But when it comes to lamentation psalms, avenge psalms, you can hardly not find any book. But half of the psalms are full. And I tell you why we are so, it's for us such a a difficult topic because we believe God is holy, right? And we have a certain respect to God, and that's good. But the respect sometimes hinders us to be honest with God. David was honest in his feelings. When David came a point, he faced a situation where he was not agree with God. 
He said to God in his language that he is not agree with the ways of God. And with every word, he shouted to God, he screamed to God, he yelled to God, he cried to God, he wasn't happy until all the frustration was by God, everything was gone. I want to tell you one verse, and this verse, this you have to write down to understand what I'm meaning with the Lamentation Psalms. The Psalms of Engaged have a special meaning. Here comes the things. It's a declaration to God of a renunciation of vengeance. It's very hard to read it for me in English. But it means, God, I give all my frustration to you because you're the only one who are able to handle my feelings. Your small group leaders are not always able to handle your feelings. Your ministry leaders are like, oh, oh my gosh, it's too big. But God is the one who can handle your feelings. And I want to ask you the question, have you ever prayed a lamentation prayer to God? Have you certain things in your life, like a person died in your family? Is a believer on fire for Christ died just out of the blue? And you're sitting here and say, I have questions to God. I don't get it. What is the benefits about that? You have some questions. And we have the tendency in the church just to be quiet. We try to trust God, but it still is a battle in us. And we are still not on the position where we say, God, I know what you've done. It's good. The Lamentation Psalms, the Avenged Psalms has this meaning. I pour out my emotions to God. God, for a Spanish guy, corazón de melón to God, it's very easy. But if growing up in a, in a, in a, in a, in a nation where, where honoring, it's a big thing. I like honoring. Honoring is a good thing. But every metal has also back, a flip side. That means sometimes people cannot be honest what they feel, what they're going through. And you eat this up in your body. And this is the reason why a lot of people are getting sick. You're eating everything inside of you. But outside, you're smiling. You're lifting up your hands. You're praising God. But inside, you not agree. You know what I mean? I want to close with one story. And it's a story about my life. The revenge psalms or the lamentation psalms, it's very hard for us to pray. But I know I'm 46 years old. I'm not young, I'm not old, I'm something between. But a lot of people in my age, they're following Christ since 20 years. They're not on fire anymore, they're bitter in life, they're disappointed about God, about the church, about ministry, about, about small groups. They have some expectations and you never saw the promise of God fulfilled. Or if you go into a healing ministry, you see three people are healed, but you're walking out, the fifth years and you're not healed. You're not the one who say, well, cool God, you healed this. And you say, God, what's about me? Healing has always two sides. For those that healed immediately, cool. For those that are going homesick, it's another story. We never talk about that, right? Because we don't like to talk about it. It's a very complicated topic. And I'll tell you something. One of the keys in my life is that I'm still pumped for God, still loving the local church, still believing in small group, still believing in the ministry, still be hungry for the kingdom of God, that the glory of God come down is one reason I learned the Lamentation Psalms. I learned to cry out my heart to God with all my words, with all my anger, with my emotions to God, because I know when I give it to God, He is the one who can handle my emotion. 
And it means, God, I declare, I give it to you and I leave it to you. And I believe that you do it out of that, whatever you want to do. And that's why I can look people straight in their eyes and say, I have forgiven you. Why? Because I learned the Lamentation Psalms. I can look straight in your eyes because I learned to pray those prayers where I'm not agree with God. I put out my emotions. And God is always quiet. When everything is out, all the Psalms changes in praise and worship Psalms. David was so angry with the enemies. He cried to God. When all the words, emotion were out, David said, uh, where is my bitterness? Where is my anger? It's not here anymore. And it changes in real and honest praise and worship. If you don't believe in lamentation psalms, if you don't like the last point, then you can cut out half of the psalms in your Bible because they're lamentation psalms to God. And my question is to you, when you came in, you got a paper, the psalms of Vengeanced. It's a very hard English word. And my question is, what is on, the, on this paper for you? Have you some circumstance in your life, some things happen to you where you don't get it where you don't understand the ways of god and i just wanted that you fill out this paper where you can talk to god about issues it bothers you issues you're not easy about it issues you're believing you're waiting for many years you don't have seen the promise of god fulfilled just write it down and the band will sing a song and i want to close this celebration very practically if there are some issues in your life, some points you don't get what God has done, cry out to God. I tell you this, so this morning, so many people cried. So many people wept tears because for many, many years they experienced something and they were never honest with God. This doesn't mean you're right. It's your emotion. Poetry means I bring my emotions to God. Ben will play the song and my question is what would you write down on this paper? This is your psalm that you're writing to God honest, real, in a poetry style.